everyone, it's Alan Schimmel, DevOps.com, and you're listening to another DevOps Chat. Today's DevOps Chat features Jim Gochi of New Relic. Jim, welcome to DevOps Chat. Hey, Alan, how are you? It's good to be here. Thank you, and it's good to have you here. So, Jim, let, let's get some stuff out of the way here, a little housekeeping. What exactly is your role at, at uh, New Relic? Yeah, Alan, so I oversee all of uh, product development, and that includes engineering, product management, design, as well as operations. So pretty much the whole shooting match. Fantastic. And and Jim, um, as I was talking to you off mic before we started today, we haven't done a good job of, of frankly, of covering New Relic at DevOps.com. But when we first launched, which is going on five years ago, you know, New Relic was already a well-established player in the in the DevOps market, and, and you certainly even more established now. But why don't you give our uh, our audience maybe just a quick little history to bring us up to where New Relic is today? Yeah, absolutely. We've been around. We've been around actually for ten years, Alan. So we we actually we just had our tenth tenth uh, year anniversary party. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, if you can believe that. So 2008, um, and when we started, you know, we were focused on Ruby on Rails, you know, monitoring the backend services, um, grew the product portfolio over time to include other other languages, but mostly sold to small uh, small companies, startups, um, companies that got bigger, like like Airbnb. Um, but you know, really, it was a couple years ago we started we started to pivot more into the enterprise and. Um, that was a very exciting time for us. We were already getting, you know, pulled into bigger and bigger companies at a project level. And then we found ourselves um, being kind of drawn in organically to more and more groups to the point where these big companies were, you know, wanting to have more of a formal uh, relationship with us, like from a sales perspective. So we built out an enterprise sales team. Um, and have been and have been really focused there. So maybe that's you know in one way why you haven't seen a lot of us uh, in the last couple of years is we've been pretty heads down, um, focusing on the needs of the enterprise market. But I would also say we've been releasing a lot of product as well in the last couple of years. Um, and the biggest thing that we did is we rounded out our our offering uh, to include an infrastructure monitoring component, um, and that really complicate that really um, not complicates but it complements. Um, our offering at the application layer as well as the end user layer. Um, so at this point, we have a pretty comprehensive uh, portfolio of offerings that cover kind of that full that full stack. Very cool, very cool indeed. So Jim, you know, I would imagine in your role around product and, and everything you're doing at New Relic, you get to you get to talk to a few customer more than a few customers, yeah. Well, I do, and I just feel I feel so blessed, Alan, because this is an incredible time uh, to be in technology. Uh, you know, so I've seen I've seen a few really interesting times in tech. I think that you know the first was when the internet, you know, really started to get mainstream uh, back in the mid '90s. But what's really interesting now is uh, is this thing that you know you hear a lot about, which is digital transformation, and you know we all feel it. Which is you know we we want a relationship with the, with the companies that we do business with. We want a relationship via our mobile phones or the web browser. Um, and so a lot of companies are trying to figure out how do they how do they have that new customer relationship, right? And how do they uh, how do they come up you know with new ways of engaging with their customer? And then of course. Um, you know, again, companies like Airbnb completely rethinking business models, 
companies like Uber. Um, and so it's just a really fascinating time to be, uh, you know, in the tooling space that supports and assists uh, a lot of these uh, digital transformations that are going on. So, yeah, we definitely see a lot of interesting things. Excellent. Um, so, Jim, you know, one of the themes that we, we have uh, run into here recently at, at DevOps.com is this idea that somehow people thought digital transformation and DevOps transformation was going to be easy. Right. And, and they're a little and they're a little bit taken back. You know, you speak to them yeah. after their first kind of foray into it. It's like, you know, this is hard. And, you know, I feel like saying no one promised you a rose garden. Right. If it, if it was that easy, everyone would be doing it already. Is, are you seeing any of that? <laughs> well, you know, Alan, in fact, we do see we do see a lot of that. But what I would say is this. Um, I, I guess I see the full continuum. I, I see, a, I see, you know, the early adopters in the enterprise to DevOps. I mean, DevOps. Uh, you know, you guys have been around for five years, and we've been doing it for ten. Um, and it's easy. It's easy to do when you start a company that way. In other words, when you start a company and you have you have a DevOps organization already, it's easy to grow and keep doing that. But when when you're a traditional enterprise, yep. And your operations team is very siloed from your development teams. To to bring those two together is is a pretty is a pretty big task, right? And um, and you know you hear a lot about like the cultural challenge involved, and that's very real. Um, the the thing I like to ask, the question I ask when I go into one of our customers and I'm not familiar yet with with like really where they're at in the journey, I ask them one simple question: um, Who takes pager call? Mm-hmm. And if it's still the operations team that's taking pager call, then normally they're still complaining that the developers don't care. You know, developers are very isolated, and you see those silos still in place. Um, and it's really not. It's really not until like a development team, then with the help, you know, of operations people like SREs embedded on that team, it's really until that happens. Uh, where I would I really see like the crossing of the chasm into into more of a true DevOps model. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned SREs, Jim, and that's another area where we're just seeing it. Man, it's blowing up, right? In in terms of companies hiring SREs, incorporating sort of SRE as part of their ops team. Many people have gone as far to say SRE puts the ops in DevOps. Um, what, what are your feelings around the SREs and, and that? Well, what I like about um, the SRE role is, is uh, you know, Google wrote a book about what they believe it is. And so while, you know, while that probably just applies to Google and, you know, nothing's ever as perfect as it seems, uh, you know, they they kind of like more they they like clearly define these are the things, um, you know, these are the things that this role does. And this is why these things are important. And, you know, it's a real philosophy and it's a real mindset. And they wrote it down. And these are all things that other people had been doing in various ways. Um, but I think this, this SRE role just it got like really clarified, um, uh, you know, what what exactly it is. And so. I am starting to see this more and more as well. And it's not like SRE is a new concept. Again, you know, Google's been doing it for a very, very long time. But I just, I feel like it's kind of catching on. Uh, I can tell you that ourselves, like we've been doing DevOps for a long time, 
But just in the last year, we've really formalized uh, around SRE as well. And, you know, we, we, we got a vice president of site reliability engineering. Mm-hmm. We converted people's titles over. We got really crisp about, like, exactly what are you doing? We're trying to figure out right now whether central versus embedded or a hybrid of the two approaches. So, you know, how to organize SREs and how do they really attach into development teams? Like, we're, you know, there's still plenty of work to do even uh, that we're, we're looking at. Um, but I think this is helping the industry, like, really figure out, like, a model that they can work with. Because that's the biggest thing I see, Alan, is people want to transform to be more agile uh, into DevOps and to use the cloud, but they don't really know how to do it, right? They don't really have like a good playbook for it yet. I, I, I agree with you 100%. It's interesting you guys are eating your own dog food with that. Um, so Jim, you know, in many ways, New Relics sort of, if you will, pioneered what we call APM. You know, when I we recently did a... Uh, Oh, it got it too big, but it was a DevOps tools primer, just trying to at least draw sort of the taxonomy of, you know, categories and, and certainly APM. But APM itself is it has become so intertangled in this whole software development life cycle. Is that still where New Relics has, thinks they play? Yeah, so it's a great question. Um we like to say that we democratized APM in that we created a service that anybody could uh, subscribe to, you know, download our agent, install it into their application code, relaunch your application, and now you've got, you know, your data showing up in our screens. The, the, the technology around APM, um, though, has, has been around a lot longer, but we were the first to, tr- to bring it to everybody in a very transparent selling model Right. And again, try it before you buy it. And we have by far and away the most the most users in this in this APM category. These categories are funny things, though. Um, You know, yeah, we you know, application tier, but there's also end user. There's synthetics. Now there's infrastructure tier. It's all kind of it's all kind of collapsing. And uh, and probably the markets sort of get renamed after a while. Um, you know, we like we like one of the one of the things uh, you know that we like to say that we we think we have is a digital intelligence platform. Digital intelligence just means you know data about everything that's a part of your digital system, uh, all the code running, all the infrastructure that's running. Um, and so you know, at the end of the day, if you if you want to be agile and deploy a lot of code and make a lot of production change, you, you need to have data that tells you that things are still working correctly about about all the different pieces of your infrastructure, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, without that data, you're flying blind. And so you know, flying blind is it's okay if you deploy code you know once every six months. You can fly blind for a little bit while you sort out any issues. But if you're deploying code every day you got to have real-time data about what's happening in order for that to, to be successful. Sure do. Sure do. I mean, and, and Jim, you know, when we talk about the move to the enterprise, I think that's one of, not that startups or, or you know, non-enterprise customers don't use data or that they do fly blind. They don't. That's not the case at all. But when you go to the enterprise and you, you start thinking about enterprise class functionality, right, is when you start realizing what 
really, I mean, it, it, things got to be locked down, right? There, there's got to be sort of, I mean, sometimes it could be over-processed and over-complicated, uh, but you you still need, you, you can't just fly by the seat of your pants as much. And I and I think that's, you know, products like New Relic and stuff, they, they can't help but bring some of that regimentation to a company. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, your point's really well taken. When you're a smaller company, you can take more risk. You can, you don't have to do things the right way. You know, I mean, that's that that's common. When you're a bigger company, you have a lot more experienced people who are used to having better tooling, better processes, better governance. Right. Because there's a lot at there's a lot at stake. I mean, these are these are some of the largest companies in the world who are betting their future on their digital projects, and those projects have to function. They have to work. So I don't know. Um, can I tell you one story, Alan? Sure. This, this is uh, sure. we. Uh, this is a, it's a few years old now, but do you remember when healthcare.gov first launched? This yes, is the website. It first launched, and the thing didn't really work. It was hung mm-hmm. and broken, and the president was like apologizing to the nation. Right. This is an example of like this. We looked at each other and we're like, this is the highest profile example of a web project, you know, gone around. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, the president has to apologize for poor web performance. And hey, at least we had a president who apologized then. But go ahead. <laughs> that's another story altogether. That's a whole other story. But, um, the team that the team that worked that, that the president brought in a team from Silicon Valley to help fix that. Uh, site, Mikey, um, I forget Mikey's last name from Google. Anyways, they brought New Relic in and and then we've, you know, we, we gave them the data to help sort that out. And then from, you know, from now on, like we have been, uh, we have been the, the, the tool of record for how that system has been performing. And, you know, they're just one of uh, 15,000 customers that we have. Yep. Interesting. Interesting. And, and, but that's a classic example of it too. Um, you know, that was done probably frankly without the necessary requ- requirements and laying it all out there. Jim, let me ask you a question from your catbird seat. What do you see as the future of the market here? Yeah. So <clears throat> I, um, you know, just in terms of like digital transformation and, and, and digital customer experience, that's absolutely going to be powering the whole the whole economy and tech sector in particular for the next five to ten years. Cloud, mm-hmm. the move to cloud, the opportunities you can get by you know the, some of the cloud services in particular. You know, Amazon is really blazing the trail and just the sheer number of services they offer the market. Changing how people can build and deploy software—it's incredible. Um, you know, so we see a continued explosion in sort of software and digital experiences. And then, you know, that, that drives companies like us, you know, we offer tooling in this area that really helps, uh, you know, companies, uh, move more quickly, uh, you know, have a better customer experience. Um, and so I, I mean, I think this whole, this, the whole category of, of tech and, DevOps and Agile and tooling, observability as a trend, SREs, like all of this is going to continue to have a lot of strength and a lot of growth over the next five or 10 years. I just absolutely believe that. Excellent. Jim, as I mentioned to you when we when we first got started here, 15 minutes goes really quick. 
this is, I think we're probably closer to 20 at this point, but it's okay. Um, maybe we could have, have you back on here at uh, New Relic and uh, on DevOps Chat and because you know we would like to stay on on uh, on board with what's everything that's going on there. Uh, but in the meantime, thanks for being our guest on this episode of DevOps Chat, Jim. Yeah, Alan, it's been uh, it's been enjoyable. Thank you so much for having me. Not Happy to problem. come back on as well. Absolutely, we'll we'll make you a regular. Hey, this that was Jim Gochi. Uh, Jim is runs products and a bunch of other things over at New Relic and. This was another episode of DevOps Chat. This is Alan Schimmel for DevOps.com. Hope to see you soon on another chat soon, everyone. Take care.